This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Zayid. So I just told someone on the way in here, Yid is the first letter in Hashem's name. It's a very big question, and it's a question that's asked very, very much. Um, why, many times by, by students and, and people that I deal with, why do we have 613 mitzvahs? Um, the Goyim only have seven mitzvahs, and so when I ask, what, is, what does it mean to be a Jew? What, is, what does it mean to be a Jew? So what is Judaism? What is Yiddishkeit? What is Yiddishkeit? What is Yiddishkeit? So many of the students say, a bunch of rules, 613 rules. You have to do this, or you can't do this. I say, say, say. So the question is, if it's rules, imagine you have a student in class, and you have a class, and you give the class seven, seven rules. But there's one kid in the class you give six hundred and thirteen rules. It's mashma that that kid is way off, out of control. That the rest of the class only needs seven rules, and he needs six hundred thirteen rules. That means he's not doing very, very well. So the guy only needs seven, seven mitzvahs. Why do we need 613 mitzvahs? So the first answer I always get is, it's a bunch of rules, which sounds very negative. It's not something to love. It's something to be happy about. The more rules, the harder it is. That's not the answer. Yiddishkeit is not a bunch of rules. Another answer is, it's a religion. It's a religion. You have Christianity, and you have Buddhism, and you have Islam, and you have Judaism. It's an ism. But that's also not true. It's not a religion. And very, very important, it's not my subject to now, it will be my subject later, that, that what has happened in Yiddishkeit, because it has become a bunch of rules, also, it has become something very dangerous. It has become a subject. So, Gemara is a subject. And Chumish is a subject. And Navi is a subject. And Musr is a subject. You go to Yeshiva, and you get tested. You get fahered. You get tested. And you get marked. And you get judged by how well you do. In the subject. And the problem with that is that Moshe Rabbeinu did not come down from Har Sinai with a, a subject. And it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that you should test people. Kurdish Baruch Hu gives Nisyainais. But we don't see anywhere in the Torah that people tested people and graded them and marked them and judged them by what they know. Because it's very, very unfair. And it's what our system in yeshivas and our whole system does, which is really Western civilization. It's not Jewish. It's very Goyish. I remember my daughter came late to school a few times. So her teacher in high school gave her a punishment. What was her punishment? She had to write ten kapitluch tehillim five times, each one. She came home. She said, Ta, you have a Tehillim, I have, to, I, have, I have a punishment. Said, What's your punishment? I have to write ten kapitluch five times. So I went into the school to, to the principal. I said, what are you doing? My daughter, she's going to grow up. Someone's Chathoshav, not going to be well. We're going to ask her to say Tehillim. She's going to say, what do I do? Why are you punishing me? 
If Tehillim is a punishment, then Tehillim is a punishment. I said, you think David Melech sat down and said, there's going to be kids who are going to come late to school. Let me write Tehillim. So she, I just I told the principal. Let me write Tehillim that it should be a punishment. And then one day David Melech had a very bad day and he wrote Kufyates. That, that. Write that. Write that five times. We'll see what happens. So you crave Meshika? Tehillim is a punishment? Chesed? Chesed? I don't know in Chesedish schools, by the girls, but by the girls in, the ra- in our schools. Chesed is a subject, you get marked. So they, have, they send them on a, you have to do Chesed. To pass your year, to go to the next year, you have to do Chesed. So if someone grew up, once they're out of school, I don't have to do Chesed anymore. Chesed is a subject? So what happened in our day and age today is that we judge our children and in school everything's about marks and tests and valedictorian and, and, and this kid and I have to say even in even in rewarding boys for learning Mishnah Balpeh now for the boys who learn Mishnah Balpeh it's amazing but there are some boys and there are some children that are not born with good memories they, they, some, some people have much better memories. Some people, I have kids in my class that the mother had to put in his, his name label in his sweater because he forgot whose name was. He, has no, he had no memory. You would tell him something, you'd ask him to say it over, he couldn't say it over. There are kids that have learning disabilities. There are kids who don't have memories. There are, there are people who have IQs of 165. They can learn anything and figure it out. And there are kids who have IQs of 105. And there are kids who come from a family that the father and mother have no shalom bias. And every morning his mother makes him lunch and his father and mother are talking nice and he leaves and he gets on the... you got to come home, supper's going to be ready. And then there are kids who come from homes where the mother and father are yelling at each other. And the father's going out the door, I'm not coming back tonight. And the kid comes to school thinking that his father's never ever going to come back. And, and his mother's upstairs depressed and she's sleeping. She doesn't even get up in the morning to put his clothing out. And you put all these kids in one room. 25 boys in a, in, 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 in a class, in a cheder. The Rebbe gets up and he's speaking to 25 different boys. One guy is brilliant, one guy is not so smart. One guy has a fantastic memory, one guy has no memory. One boy comes from a dysfunctional home where there's machoikas all the time and there's no money and he's going through all kinds of problems. And his father's like, I have no panasa and I don't even know if I'm going to bring food home tonight. And kids, you know, when they hear this, they... they, they to them, it's like I'm never going to eat again. I'm, I'm going to starve, right? And 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 you put them all in one class, and you all, and you give them all the same test. I'm a Rebbe, forty years. How does that work? One test, twenty five kids, and every single one of them has a different intelligence. It doesn't work. And maybe it's not so fair to pay money and give rewards to the kids who learn Mishnah Asbal because the kids who cannot learn Mishnah Asbal or are struggling to learn Mishnah Asbal they feel very left out. So the Rebbe has to be a Rebbe to understand who can and who can't, and give that kid, write me, write me a, a, a paper on this Gemara, on, on Yishalei Midas, so write do some, uh, and send, give, give me a report on Yishalei Midas, and he'll get the same $20 or $10, whatever it is. It's, it's not fear. So Yiddishkeit cannot be a subject. Can't be that Hashem gave us a bunch of rules and a subject, because we're all different. How could you give me this subject if I'm... I have an IQ, and the other guy has a bigger IQ, and this guy has a good memory, and never this person went through trauma, and this person's a Yassam. 
and this person's from a family that got divorced, and you're going to give a subject to all of Kleisro, to, to, to millions of people, and, 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 and you're going to judge us? So the, so the Mishnah Pirkei Elvis says, Loi Olecha Hamalacha Ligmar. It's not a subject, because a subject you have to finish. It's not for you to finish. Ella, what? Effort. Yiddishkeit is about Judaism. Yiddishkeit is about effort. Not a goal. Because it was a goal. I remember in yeshiva, in, in, in ninth grade, we had a report on Gemara, and it had to be three pages, and I only wrote one. And the Rebbe said, it's incomplete. And I said, Rebbe, is a mission, it says, You're not supposed to finish the report. He threw me out of class. <laughs> I thought it was a very lumdusha litzanist. He didn't. Okay, whatever. And as parents... And as educators and as Jewish, as Yidin, we need, to, we need to absorb this. We need to understand this. That that is not what Hashem wants. What He wants is effort. Just keep trying and keep trying. And that's what counts. He wants you to jump into the Yamsuf. He will do the rest. I, do, I have a whole share. It's not, it's not really today's share. But I have a whole share on why did Batya Bas Paro go to Ganeidin alive? I understand. Navi, I understand. What did she do? She put her hand out. Okay, but she, that's all she did. She put her hand out. Akashbahu made the miracle that her hand all the way stretched to get to save Moshe Rabbeinu. Akashbahu wants us to put our hand out. You have to make the effort. Whether it's going to work or it's not going to work, it's up to Akashbahu. There's a very big tzaddik said something negative. He said, the miracle of putting her hand out was just as great as the miracle as her hand stretching to get the basket. If we would understand what has to go on in your body, in your brain, and your nerves, and your muscles, to put your hand out, never a person who has a stroke, who can't put it, who's numb, he can't put his hand out, right? He can't do anything. They can't help him. With all the everything, they can't help him, right? So for a person to put your hand out like this is so big, maybe bigger than a hand stretching. Just that we got we got used to it. But what Akash Baruch Hu want from from her from ba- put your hand out, and and that's what we should want from our children, and that's what we should want from ourselves, and that's what it means to be a yid. To mean to be a yid means that I will do my best. It's not that I'm going to win the race, but it's I'm going to start the race. It's not about winning the race. It's about starting the race. In the in the New York Marathon, so they had I don't know the guy from Kenya took him two hours and twenty one minutes and he won. Two days after the race began, a guy came across the, the, the... You know how many people were waiting for him? His family, maybe four or five. He had two fake feet. So he used his two fake feet to go, who cares? Nobody in America, so what? Yeah, they had a picture. How do I know about it? They had a picture of him, whatever it is. It took him two days, right? You're giving the guy hundreds of people and putting him on the Cheerio box and, and, and Coca-Cola, right? The guy from Kenya who was born, who could run like a Meshuggah, like, like a deer, right? Because that's a, a, in Kenya. Him, everybody's waiting for. The guy who has no legs. Took him two days. There should have been a million people at the finish line. But the world that we live in is about winning. It's about the goal. It's the Olympics. The guy wins by a half a second, gets a gold medal. The rest of them get nothing. Thousands of people are in the Olympics. You'll never hear their names. You'll never know about it. You're only going to know about the one who won. You know what that is? That's Yavon. 
Who, who created Olympics? Yavan. Who created marks? Yavan. So when we're, that we're bringing Yavan into the house of shame. Shame meaning the name shame of Klai Yisrael. So it's definitely, Yiddishkeit is not a competition. There was one competition in Klai Yisrael. One time there was competition in Klai Yisrael. And the men here know the Gemara. It didn't work out. They decided they're going to have Kahanim running up the ramp to do Trumas Hadeshen on the Mizbeah. Good idea. Two Kahanim, I'm a Kayan. Okay, let's race. First guy up gets it. You deserve it, right? I won. So what happened? One pushed the other guy, of course. The guy that was leading, the other guy pushed him off the Mizbeah. He broke his leg. He had a mum. And they said, this is not going to work. So they started choosing. Choosing has nothing to do with capabilities. It's whatever's Minash Shemayim, whatever's going to win. Odds and evens. That's where it started. So we, we see that competition by Eden doesn't work. It tried. They tried in the base of Middash. You're talking about in the base of Middash, you're going to push a guy off the Mizbeach. Yeah, it's competition. So we, we created this whole world for kids. And people ask me, like, right, Wallace, why are kids depressed? And I got to take my kid to therapy. And, and, you know, this mother came to me. She said, I don't know what to do. I have to take my, my daughter to therapy. I'm like, I'm like, what happened? She came home. She had a 50 on her test, right? Which is not good for anyone who doesn't know. You're supposed to get at least a 65. She got a 50 on her test. I said, so when she came home with the 50, I said, what did you say? What did you tell your daughter? She said, I told her, do you know how hard your father works? Three jobs. He worked three jobs so that you could have a tutor and that we could pay tuition in, 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 in the Beis Yaakov. Do you know how hard he works? You want to have a heart attack? <laughs> and, and your sister? You know your sister's in Shiduchim? You know other girls are going to tell, tell, tell you that you're a failure and then they're going to think it's in the genetics and that our whole family is stupid and she's never going to get a Shidduch? You want it to be an out the Bible? Poor little girl. That's what you're telling her. And you know, I'm ashamed. I can't talk to my friends. You know, my friend has a daughter in your class. You know that I'm my best friend. You know that she's going to tell her that you failed. You know how embarrassed I'm going to be? I'm like, lady, you need therapist. <laughs> your kid doesn't need a therapist. You need a therapist. What do you mean? I'm like, I deal with children my whole life. I'm like, what do you, what, what do you think your daughter's thinking right now? She's thinking, okay, number one, I'm a failure. She knows she got a 50. And the teacher, Baruch Hashem, they're very nice teachers. So they write across the thing, Failure! With a red marker, right? Like the kid doesn't know they failed 50. They're already in eighth grade. They know 50. Right? No, failure. And have it signed by both your parents. And if you don't have two parents, both your grandparents. But make sure it's signed by everybody. Everyone has to know you're a failure. So, so she knows she comes home with failure. And then you tell her, and you know what? Tati's going to die because of you. Going to have a heart attack. And you know what else? Your sister's never going to get married. And never have children because of you. And you know what else? I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody. I said, so the poor kid goes into a room. She's, she's like, depressed? Anxiety? I said, you're killing her. Try something different. What? I said, she came home with a 50. Sit down with your daughter. So she had 20 questions and she got 10 right. And go through the 10 right that she got instead of the 10 wrong. How'd you get, why, did you, why did you get 20 wrong? If you're not listening, you should have gotten 20 wrong. You are listening, you should have gotten 20 right. I said, so instead of sending her to tutors and therapists, mommy, who's the best tutor and the best therapist, sit down with your daughter and look at the 10 she got right. And if you go over with her the 10 she got right, you'll be like, but you got number one right, but number two is much 
easier. And she was like, yeah, I wasn't thinking. I promise you the next time is a 60, and the next time is a 70. I don't know her, how smart she is, but a 60, 70, 75 she's going to get. But we're so into failure, failure. You didn't reach what you're supposed to do. You're not where you're supposed to be at. And somehow, that world got mixed in with Yiddishkeit. So kids are turned off. Because if Tyra, if Tznius, Tznius is a subject, we're going to give you a test on Tznius. Tznius is not a, sub- a subject. It's a way of life. Gemara is not a subject. Gemara is a way of life. Tyra is a way of life. It's not a religion. If it's a religion, we're in big trouble. How many Jews are there in the world? How many Jews are there in the world? Three million? How many religious Jews are there in the world? A million? Do you know how many Catholics, Christians there are in the world? Three billion. Do you know how many Muslims are in the world? 3.5 billion. Do you know how many Hindus in India, just in India? Billions. Do you know how many Buddhists? Billions. Do you know how many Jews? A couple of million. So the kids are like, one second. Let's say Yiddishkeit is chas v'shalom, not true. You could fool three million people, but you can't fool three billion people. So it must be, if you have three billion people believing in Islam, that they're probably more right than we are, because we're just a few people. You can fool eh, three million. You can't fool three billion so my answer to that is yes, you can because you have 3 billion Muslims and 3 billion Christians and 3 billion Hindus. Somebody, somebody's getting fooled. So you could fool, you're fooling 6 billion. So, right? But that's not the answer. Yiddish guy's not a religion. It's not a religion. So what, is it, what does it mean to be a Yid? And I, and I said this over to Big Yudayim and Bit Sadiqim because I did this for years. I used to go to schools, to schools that, Chesidish schools and Litvish schools and girls that are in school from kindergarten until 12th grade and boys and I would come into 12th grade and I would ask what if you went to a store a Walgreens or a CVS and the guy behind the counter says to you ooh you're Jewish yeah what is that what would you answer and I had principals that said oh hashkafa we teach hashkafa our whole school is hashkafa I said okay come let's go ask the 12th graders and I walked in and I said what is it Religion, rules, relationship with Hashem. I'm like, what's the relationship with Hashem? We dive in. I said that the, the, the Muslims pray five times a day. Imagine Shem Shabbos. They had to go five, five minyanim a day. Five different minyanim a day. Imagine we'd have to go through, right? They pray. They take their carpet. They lay right in the middle. People complain. People complain that the, I was on a plane there. It's Israel. So, so I saw this. I'm not going to say chesidish nachesidish. Doesn't matter. So I went. I went to the back to the minion. We made a minion of shach. This guy didn't go to one minion. So I said to him, I happen to know. I said, like you don't daven with a minion on a plane. He says, absolutely not. There's a psak that on a plane you disturb people, and you're not allowed to disturb people for you to daven. And he has such a psak and whatever it is. And Muslims right in the middle of the airport. They take our carpet, or oh, forget about carpet. I was just in the airport. I was going, I was going to, uh, to California. Ten guys, all of a sudden, they're bowing down on the floor. They're laying on the floor, and they're praying. Didn't bother them. In the middle of the airport. Not forget about in the back of the, in the, back of the plane, or by the bathroom, or by the exit. Nah, no problem. Lay themselves out. 
So, what do we have like that they don't have? What do we have that they don't have? They pray. They have a Bible. What do they have? What do we have that they don't have? Why? Why is Hashem happy with seven mitzvahs from them? Are we so out of control that you got to give me six hundred and thirteen rules? Otherwise, I'm going to rip the whole world off. Like, are we that out of control? What's going on over here? And all the schools that I went to, and I'm not going to ask people in this room because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but if I asked you to tell me what is Judaism, yes, I know we got it on Hasinai. So they got it from a prophet, and they got it from this other Meshuggah, whatever it is. We got it from Hasinai, 100%. How do you know? I deal with kids that, guys that are off the direct, and other guys, and I have all the proofs from Esha Torah, and I, you know, I'm like, we were, Muhammad came down, he was one guy who said he had a dream. The other guy came down, one guy, and said, He's the son of whatever. And each guy was only one guy. Buddha didn't even come down. He's just a fat little guy that sits on a thing. Right? So he didn't even come down. He didn't even come down from anywhere. Right? So, 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 we, Klaisro, Eishat Torah, Klaisro, we know that we got it as a group. So you could fool, one person can come down and say, I had a dream. Right? Martin Luther had a dream also. Doesn't mean anything. But we, three, 600,000, 3 million Jews, we're at Hasinai. So you know what the kid asked me? How do you know? You have a video? <laughs> now, how do you know? So I said, we have Masaira. She says, how do you know? How do you know how far back that Masaira goes? Maybe the first guy who started it said he had a Masaira. In other words, he started it 200 years ago and he said, I have a Masaira from my father, who is, but you didn't speak it, right? So this is what I get because they want to be Apicars and they want to go off to Derek because if you get rid of Hashem, you can do whatever you want. It's not that they don't believe it, they just got to get, get Hashem out of the way. You definitely have to get Yiddish out of the way. So no matter what answer I give them, Right? The bottom line is, show me a video. Today, if you don't show me a video, I don't, I don't believe it. So, here's the answer, everybody. And it's a very important answer in, in, the, in the relationship of a person. Yiddishkeit, Judaism, is the ultimate relationship with God. What does that mean? What is the most precious thing that a person has? What is the one thing that you cannot live without for even one millionth of a second in your life? So, one girl in my seminary raised her hand and said, Hashem. I said, I wish that was true, but atheists seem to be doing very well and they seem to be living a lot more than a millionth of a second and they don't don't have Hashem, they don't believe in Hashem. Another girl said, love. I said, I know a lot of people that are living with no love at all. So, water, you could live without water. Air, you could hold your breath, you could go, at least you could hold your breath, go to the mikvah, you hold your breath for a minute, 30 seconds, in a pool, underwater, everybody can hold their breath. So what is the one thing a person can't live without a millionth of a second? And the answer is time. When you have no more time, your time is up to to the millionth of a second, a person leaves this world. So the most precious thing that everyone in this room has, you couldn't be here for Shabbos if you didn't have it, is time. No, you would time. Time is, time is everything. Time is potential. And potential is life. If you don't have time, you don't have potential. The people in the ground, their potential is over. That's why we sit Shiva, and that's why we have Avelis. Because really, you shouldn't have Avelis. Everyone who comes to Menachem Avol, Right? I remember when my father passed away and I was sitting there. What did everybody say? 
Oh, your father's a tzaddik. He's in Ganeiden by the Kisei Akavoid. Now, if that's true, why am I sitting on the floor? If we're in the middle of a snowstorm, and my parents, I got them onto JetBlue, and they just called me from Miami, and it's 82 degrees, and beautiful, and my father's sitting at the ocean with a safer, right, drinking a soda, I'm going to be like, rip my clothing, sit on the floor. I got him out of the snow, and I got him into Florida. So if he's in a better place, and he's by the Kisha covered, this is, this is a toilet that we live in here. This is a garbage can. And he's one second in the next world, we should all, we should make a simcha. But Hashem, you left this world, and you left with mitzvahs and taira, and you're in the Kisha covered by Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. Or the Nisht. So why are you crying? Why are you upset? Just the opposite. You got him to Florida. Got him to Ganeiden. Much bigger than Florida. Suck the mission, Perkei Abbas. That one second in this world of Maisim Toivim and Chesed is greater than the whole next world. Because in the ne- Why? Why? And then it says, one second in the next world of enjoyment is more enjoyable than this whole world. So imagine, the next world, one second is enjoyment is worth more than this whole world. And one second of this world is worth more than one second of that. Than the whole world. Not one second, no. The whole other world. What's, what's the taich? The taich is, you can't do mitzvahs in the other world. Period. You can't do mitzvahs. You can't make someone smile. You cannot say, Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Olam, Shahakon You can't say to Hashem, Blessed are you, Hashem, that everything you created. You can't bless Hashem. You can't say, Amen. You can't say, Ain Ol Nuvado. There's no one like you. You can only say that here. So when a person's alive, when a person has one second, it's worth more than the next world. So if he dies and his potential is over, that's the biggest tragedy, even though he's by Avram Avinu and, and by the Avais and by the Kisya Kavoid. You sit him out of Kisya Kavoid. the Mishnah, one second in this world is bigger than sitting by the Kisya Kavoid. So if that person doesn't have a second anymore, Ayve, you have to rip your clothing and sit on the floor. Ayve. Tragedy. Potential is gone. That's why I'm so crazy about iPhones and smartphones. I'm the rabbi that doesn't have the smartphone. I was by a Satmar wedding and the girl was one of my girls who Baruch Hashem turned around. And I told her, I don't want a bracha. I don't want a bracha under the chuppah. I always tell the girls, I want to be an aide. First of all, I have to do tshuva. So automatically I have to do tshuva that day. Second of all, the Kedushin is not a Kedushin without an aid. Without the Shevar Bachas, the Kedushin is the Kedushin. Without the Edim, and they're not Kasher Edim, there's no Kedushin. But the reason I want to be an aid is because when he puts the ring on her finger, the two Edim say, Mikudeshes. What a Neuridik of art for a Rebbe to say on a girl that went through all those struggles, to say in public, Mikudeshes, you are holy. So I told all my girls, I don't want no brachas, I don't want to read the ksuva, I don't know how to read the ksuva, unless it has the kudos and it doesn't. So I don't want to read, I don't want to read the ksuva, I want a bracha under the chuppah. Okay! Rabbi Wallstein's getting a bracha under the chuppah. I'm in Williamsburg. The person who's running the chuppah comes over to me and says, I'm really sorry. I'm like, what did I do? He says, she asked that you should be a, a witness, an aide, but the Satma Rebbe, we have a rule... If you have a smartphone, you can't be an A by the wedding. I said, Psh, I like that rule. He says, so, so we'll give you a bracha. I'm like, do you know my name? 
Because I don't know your name. I said, my name is Rabbi Zechariah Wallstein. I guess you don't listen to Torah anytime. I said, if there's one guy that doesn't have a smartphone, it's me. He almost like, like he, he almost fell on the floor. Like, what? He says, I took, out my, I took out my flip phone. I showed it to him. He says, you're the only guy in Flatbush that has a flip phone. I got a bracha, a little chuppah bracha. So my biggest complaint, this is my flip phone in case you don't believe me. You're wondering where the other one is, right? Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the reason that I'm so against the smartphone, even if you use it for business or whatever you use it for, the excuse that they use it, is that what it takes away from you, forget about Baruch Hashem, you have filters. You're not looking at anything you shouldn't. Different subject. Because once you walk into a room that has things in it that you shouldn't see, there's a Gemara where a guy walked through a bathhouse of women with his eyes closed. Through the house. He walked right through the middle. He could have opened his eyes. He could have seen terrible things. And the, when he came through, so the, the Tanam that was sitting there said, Russia, Russia, Russia. That's why he called him a Russia. He kept his eyes closed. No, you did. He could have gone around. Even though you kept your eyes closed. Tzadik! What a tzadik! No, you could have gone around. So, it's a separate subject, but the time part of it. The time part of it. I just spoke about this. The time, the amount of time you're on your phone. You want to be scared? Call Verizon, whatever, whatever you have, and ask them, how many minutes did I use last year? It's going to mamish flip you out. What? I didn't even know I had that many minutes in a year. The time! Because time is life. Time is potential. And the mission says, one second of Maisim, Tavim, and Gemilas Chesed in this world is worth more than the next world. And the Satan created a, a piece of metal that you are stepping out of the other world and spending all your time on it. Even though it says Yeshiva world. The first word is Yeshiva. It's a trap. Yeshiva world. So what, you want to read Lashon Hara? That's what you want to do? You want to read that someone died and someone died in a crash and it was a fire and so, so that it looks like all Hashem does is terrible things? You never saw in Yeshiva world, Mazel Tov, the Friedmans had a baby boy. Mazel Tov, there's a bris in Monroe. What happened to the good stuff Hashem does? It's only the bad stuff. This one died, this one died, Leviah, fire, catastrophe, tragedy. Uh, the, the, the school is no more they're not allowed to teach Hebrew they only teach English and they, that's all, you, all day long so you start to say like, where are you? No th- nothing positive marriages children grandchildren bar mitzvahs not there the Satan wants just waste your time because one second in this world is worth more than sitting by Hashem in the Kisei HaKavod so every second he can take away from you he is in so happy so Rebbe why are you giving us a speech on technology because that's the answer to what Yiddishkeit is so if time is the most precious thing a person has it's the hardest thing to give to someone else you want, to, you want me to give you money? I'll give you some money. You want to borrow my car? I'll lend you my car. You want to use some of my stuff? You can use some of my stuff. You want me? I'm busy. I, my time. It's my time, people. It's my time. And Wallace, I'm sorry. I have no time right now. I'm in business. A guy said to me once, I came to him to help my, my ranch. You know what he said to me? I knocked on his door. I figured I, I couldn't reach him. He, he wouldn't let me get through to him. So I knocked on his door. 
I walked in, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, Zechariah, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? I'm like, I don't really want to take much of your time. I just, I'm, I'm, not, covering my, I'm not covering my salary. Could you, could you help me out? He goes, listen to me very carefully. From 9 to 5, it's my business. From 5 to 9, I help other people in their, with their business. I was like, whoa, what about Gaiva? Nine to five, it's my business. But she wants to take you out at 10, 10 in the morning. You can have a heart attack and be dead. It's your business? It's your time? Nine to five is your time? You don't own time. God owns time. I, 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 don't, I don't talk to Ducker till after five. Come back after five. Nine to five is my business. Five to nine, I take care of other people's business. We, we're nuts. You have time, you own time, you don't own anything. One second, when you don't expect it, that's when they come to gather neshamas, when you don't expect it. One second. You know what time is? There's, there's a true story. There's a man, he's like 95 years old, had a massive uh, brain bleed. His, his brain was dead. Brain dead. They did all the tests, no brain waves, nothing. He's on a respirator, he's on every machine, a heart pumper, a kidney, a kidney. He, this guy was wired up, he looked like a, a machine. And there was a boy, I think it was a boy from Lake or whatever, who was in a car accident and he had a lacerated liver. And he, his wife was pregnant, first kid, he was a young kid, he was 21 years old, and they asked if they could take the liver from the old man, part of the liver, all the liver, and do a liver transplant. This man that he was, had great grandchildren, he learned shots many, many times, and he's brain dead. Can they take the liver? And then Rabbanim, of course, Paskin, absolutely not, because we go by the heart. When the heart stops, the person's dead. Brain dead, he's still alive. So they didn't take the liver. So Lemaisa, like, why? Why not? The 21 year old, his wife is pregnant, his potential is all ahead of him. He's already 95. He's dead. He's brain dead. He's never going to learn again. He's never going to talk again. He's never going to do anything again. He's a vegetable. So save the guy. Without luck as you can. Why not? Why can't you save? Why can't you? What is the potential of this 95-year-old man who's brain dead? So I know the answer. I was in seminary. I told the girls the story. And I said, girls... This boy has potential, he's having a child. He didn't learn shas yet. He doesn't have, chi- he doesn't have children yet. Right? This guy has everything. He did Baruch Hashem, you did your life. You did. Take the liver, save the guy. What's the potential, ladies and gentlemen, what's the potential of the 95-year-old brain-dead man? This brilliant girl in my class gets up and says, I know the answer. I'm like, what's the answer? I also know the answer. She said... As long as he's alive, according to Jewish law, I'm sure his children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, are davening for him. So his potential, as a vegetable, is to cause others to be mispala. Wow! And every time they come to be mispala, they're doing a mitzvah, so as long as he's alive, you're right, he has no potential. But he has the potential to cause others to do. I said, Wow! One day you'll be a teacher. Brilliant. A brilliant mind. 100%. He has potential. Just because he can't do anything, but everyone who's coming to visit, everyone coming to Davin, and we know that even if those tefillahs don't help him, those tefillahs might be there for his grandchildren. His great-grandchildren. So living 
as a vegetable, we should never know from it. It's still so great that we can't take that away. So imagine living as a normal thinking person, how amazing every moment is. So that's the answer. The answer is that if you love someone, what does that word mean? I know it's not a chassidish word that's used very often, even though Kriyashma and everything, it's all about boycha ba'amu Yisrael ba'ahava, ahava Yisrael, right? It's, it's a hav. What does that mean? And when I do Shalom Bayes, what does that mean? And many times a wife will come and say, married 20 years, 30 years, doesn't make a difference. She'll say, Rabbi Wallace, you know, I, I can't stay in this marriage. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, my husband, doesn't, my husband doesn't love me. And each guy would always react, what is she talking about? You see, Rabbi Wallace, this is the problem. I pay the mortgage. What does she want? I don't know why guys say that. I pay the bills. I pay the mortgage. And she's like, my father used to pay the mortgage too. That's not what I, So he's like, so what do you want from me? So she says these terrible words. I want you to spend some time with me. Ha, 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 ha. The guy's face goes, that also? You want to spend time with me? She says, yeah, that's why I married you. I married you because I want to spend time with you. So I always have this crazy, I have this idea, and I say, listen, I will make Shalom Bias here. I'm going to call up your in-laws. You two, go away somewhere for three days. Leave your phones by me, right? Disconnect, and just spend three days together. So I told this to this younger man. You know what he did? He looked at me and he said, hey, Wallstein, does it have to be like three days with Sufim? Like, three days together? Or can we do like one day, three months later, another day? I'm like, this is not going to work. Like, three days? With the same woman? And, and I have to talk to her? And there's no kids? And there's no, no distractions? I can't run it. I said, no, you go to Davin, you go learn, no problem. But outside of that... So either they're going to get divorced afterwards because they're going to realize uh, there's nothing here or it's very hard to give someone else time. In marriage, with children, it's, it's all the same thing. It's like, yeah, go, go, go learn. Go with your chavusa. Go here, go here. Go take this, here, there. But you want me to give you time? That's, that's, that's work. That's mamish work. A guy, I just had a whole story last night in my house. He took her, he took his daughter, whatever it is. His daughter said, yeah, he, he was great. He took me to the to island. They went scuba diving, whatever they did. But, but he was on his phone the whole time. He says, Ta, I would rather spend an hour, this is what she said, I, I almost fell under the table. She said, Ta, I would rather spend an hour in the house talking to you than take me scuba diving and, and, and you talk to me for two minutes. Scuba diving on an island, they went somewhere. Who knows where? I wish my father would. I wouldn't have told him an hour. I would say, I'll go scuba diving. Amazing. So this is a girl. She's a tenth grader, and they're having problems with her. She's telling her father, "Ta, ta, you took me. It's very nice. You took me, but you're on the phone the whole time. I'd rather sit home in the cold, nine degrees below zero, in Brooklyn, and you should talk to me." That's what Akash Baruch Hu gave us. Now listen. Now this is what you tell the person, the guy in CVS. You want to know what Judaism is? Let me tell you what Judaism is. God loves us so much that he wants to spend all his time with us. So he came up with 613 ways to spend time. You're in business? Be honest. You're learning Torah? You're spending time with me. I just learned the mission with my brother this morning in Perkeyavos. Shnayim, Shiyashrim, right? Yeshbem, Divrei Torah, Benayim. Yefilu Echad, one guy sitting alone learning? Kishboku comes to listen. Hashem wants to be with us all the time because he loves us. He doesn't want vacation. So guy, listen to me, guy. You... He only has seven ways he wants to spend time with you. Me, 613 ways. That's how much he loves me. When I put on my shoe, 
which has no importance in the world, Hashem says, put your right one on first and tie your left one on first. That's going to change the world? No, Hashem wants to be there when you tie your shoe, when you come out, say, Asher when you eat, make a bracha. All the halachas that a person, when you wear tzitzis, it's a whole day, every second. You know that from 13 to 80, we figured out, is 1 billion seconds. You're going to come up to Shemayim, if you wear tzitzis all the time, you're going to come up to Shemayim, and they're going to say, okay, before we start the din, you've got a billion mitzvahs. You're going to be like, what? i got a billion mitzvahs? Yeah, you wear tzitzis all the time. Now the ladies are going to be all upset. <laughs> right? Oh, nachamol, Yiddishkeit's for the guys. Zuck the kavayashar! That when a woman wears, dresses sneers, every second she's dressed sneers is the same mitzvah as a man who's wearing tzitzis. Because wearing tzitzis is to remember Hashem, and dressing sneers is to remember Hashem. So he says... Kavi says that a woman's sneers is like a man's sneers. Now the women are luckier than us. Why? Because they start at 12. And we start at 13. So they got a couple of more mitzvahs than we have. Now they'll be happy with me and the rest of Shabbos I'm good to go. So that's the question. What's a yid? A yid is a relationship. It's a way of life. It's a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. says, whether you're in business, whether you're sleeping, sleep on your right side, whether you're eating, whether you're sleeping, whatever you're doing, whether you're learning, Shabbos, 26 hours, it's a 26-hour date. It's amazing. Hashem says, all this that I spend with you, I told this to a guy in business. I said, God says that all this time I spend with you a whole week, 613 mitzvahs, it's not enough. You know how much I love you? I want to spend 26 hours with nothing but you. I said, God doesn't say that to anyone in the world except his children, the Jewish nation. He says, the next 26 hours that we're going to spend just with you. And guess what? Hashem is amazing because he pays for the date. Whatever you spend for Shabbos, I go to certain, I'm not gonna, I don't want to advertise, but there's a certain very expensive good store in Flatbush, right? Okay, Bando's my friend, pomegranate. And I go there, only, I go there Arab Shabbos. Why? Because it says that whatever you spend for Shabbos, I'm going to give you back anyway. So I might as well buy the good stuff. Right? He's going to pay me back. Because Boku says, I'm paying for it. And go to sleep. And eat. And Davin. I want to be with you for 26 hours. And everyone never, all running away. Oh, it's boring. It's boring spending 26 hours with God. Everybody wants to run away from Shabbos. Because Boku's saying, being with you 613 is not enough. I want you to myself, just for me. Me and Klai Yisrael, and that's why a guy who keeps Shabbos is Chayv Karis, because it's, it's a yicha between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and when the king and queen are together in their bedroom, if, if a stranger walks in, off with their head. So it brings down in, in Kabbalah that the guy, the only, you can put on tefillin, can eat matzah, the only mitzvah you can't do is Shabbos, because we are with HaKadosh Baruch Hu b'yichud. Do you understand what we have? This is not a religion, this is not a bunch of rules, this is life. Good Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.